knock on them, but everybody shoots a high percentage against us. We suck. Boy, what a difference a year makes, right? <laughs> no is it that last? Is that twenty twenty two? Huggy Bear there? I think it was two years ago, but the two point still comes across as like, yeah, I wish that would have been the case on Saturday night. No knock on them, but everybody shoots a high percentage against us. We suck. Yeah, they didn't suck on Saturday, unfortunately. Man, um, I don't even know where to begin, Tyler. Outside of Sherfield, we were one of 12 from three. For a whopping 8%. Yeah, it went good. It's going to be tough. Is there a number that you can present to me from Saturday that will sound good? Or at least sound okay? Uh, from the University of Oklahoma uh-huh. side? Yeah, 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 yeah. Those guys. Um, we had two players in double figures. That's true. Sherfield <laughs> and Joe Bamaseal having 11 points, 5 of 10 yeah. from the field, huh? Yeah, yeah, that was uh, that, that that was that was rough. I, I am proud to say, which though, by the way, he's the he's the one person uh, outside of Sherfield that hit a three of he? the one, two, three, four, five, six people outside of Sherfield that attempted him. He's he's the only guy that made one. Is he our under the radar player coming up yeah. at four twenty today? A uh, yeah. little bit of a spoiler for everyone. I am proud to say. That look, the writing was on the wall at halftime. That was it, was it was not going well after the first twenty minutes. I stuck around and watched the entirety of the second half. I wanted to see what would happen. Uh, much to my yeah. wife being upset because she wanted to watch White Lotus on Saturday night instead of the final eight minutes of the game. But I, I, I stuck through it all. I stuck through all of the ninety three sixty one loss to West Virginia. Pretty proud of myself. Man, I. I hate it for these guys, man. It's just, it's so brutal. They're playing hard. They're doing what they can. It's just, you know, one of the problems, they've just gotten off to such horrible starts. I, it took them, I don't know, it was, what, 10 to 2 uh, rather quickly for West Virginia to jump out to that lead. Now, credit us for, for climbing back into it and, Cutting it to what 15-12, right around the you know the fifteen minute mark of, of the first half, and you know you can work with that, but gosh dang, get out of hand it, quick, man. If if we would if we would you know stop spotting everyone such a big, we're not a come from behind team, man. That is not what what we want to do. So it just makes everything extra difficult, and you get out of your game plan and you're off rhythm. And you kind of scramble offensively right out of the gate, and that's that's not our. Yeah, go-to. they can't overcome Eric Stevenson having a career night like he did on Saturday night. Having now, what was points. that? Well, I don't know what that was. Six of eleven from three and thirteen of twenty-three from the field. He missed? No way. These numbers say that he missed. I'm not convinced that he yeah. actually did. But Porter, after the game, was kind of battling between the. Yeah, I got to give the young man credit because he played awesome, but. God, like we're at fault for this too, but you got to give the young man credit. But God, we got to make it more difficult on him. You know? Yeah. It's tough. Yeah. I mean, you have to straddle that line, and you know that everything in his being wants to just be like, 
We handed it to him. Right. We had, you know, we had a game plan. Of course, plan he for, had thirty plus points. We left yeah. him open every single possession. Yeah, that's tough, man. I, yeah. the last thing I want to do is get on here and just rail about this team and where they're at right now. That doesn't do anyone any good. Um, I just hate it for those guys, man. It's it's frustrating. It's frustrating to watch. It's frustrating to coach. It's frustrating to play. Whenever stuff's going like that, it, and it's hard to it's hard to build any momentum or rhythm within the program because you know that you're going to end another year with everyone unhappy with each other. That's not a good thing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> text line's already popping, as you can imagine. Yeah. 405-651-3439. Hey, text line, what's the fix to all this? Love to hear what you have to think today. This first one says, it's a quote from you, not a come-from-behind team. My brother in Christ, we're barely a come-from-ahead team right now. (laughs) (laughs) That is true. So I think what the texter is saying is there's a very unique little window that we've got to thread the needle through in order to win a basketball game, and I think that's right. Uh, Peyton says, Teddy was spot on. Surefield, four from nine from three. Yeah, nice job on that one. But my well, question, my follow-up question to you and Pierce on Friday was, is it going to be enough? And, well, it, uh, it wasn't enough, unfortunately. Right. Uh, it wasn't enough. It wasn't even close. You, I mean, you asked the question to the text line. I ask it to you. How do you fix this? You're the hoops legend from <laughs> Verdon. <laughs> yeah. Well, that part is true, yes. Um, how do you fix this? Pfft. There's got to be, I think, more commitment to the program. They've got to get big guys in the program. They've got to get a better roster. Uh, There's not more than one answer, unfortunately. But there's your first three. It sounds to me like you're blaming the fans. I'm not blaming the fans. How did I – getting a a big man and a better roster is blaming the fans? Yeah. Yeah. Well, how do you get a better roster in this environment? Uh, get a new arena. That's that's what you need. Okay, so there's you can lay some of the blame of the fans' feet there. I know you're you didn't want to do it directly. And the other part, I think, is what you're saying is the fan base's commitment to NIL is not anywhere near where it needs to be to compete. Yeah. So Try, trying to uh, put me up against a corner in the first segment <laughs> of the week. Yeah, hey, you said it <laughs> on brand for you. Um, you said it, not me. Uh, text line, how do we fix it? Just go sign another Blake Griffin and Trey Young in a deep southern draw. Yeah. Oh, sorry, I didn't see the voice you wanted me to read that in. My bad. Yeah, we need more Blake Griffins and Trey Youngs to come through. I think that's that's a, a Buddy Heels. I think that's a, a very, very strong sentiment. Let me ask you a question. Uh-huh. Because Heald... He was here for he was four year player, All four right? Four years, yep, correct. How likely is it that he would have stayed at Oklahoma all four years and not transferred around in in the transfer portal era? Um, I mean, it seemed like he was happy here, and yeah, I think it. I mean, for him, I, he's an interesting because he's just such a unique guy. Um, he, he seemed very happy where he's at. I felt like he would have. Now I mean, he, part he was of it, a, like he was poised to have a really a breakout. Yeah, he was I mean, good he his was junior good. year. Like, he was good his junior year, but 
I don't know if anyone saw him winning Player of the Year senior year. Like he, that's when he really burst onto the scene. Is his last? That's kind of whenever I feel like you would have been really at risk of losing him. Yeah, after that junior year. Yeah, yep, I mean, if, like, if it I'm about to, happened, sure. Yeah, I'm about to blow up. I'm about to have a great year. I need to go somewhere where I can better capitalize on it. And maybe he it never would have changed anything. It's just interesting to think like how much different it is from just that short time ago. And man, I, I don't know, man. It's it's tough. The you're almost because you know Blake Griffin and Trey Young just straight up we don't get those guys if they're not Oklahoma kids. Correct. So I really over the the last you know 15 years or so or maybe more with Blake. Oh, how long ago was it when Blake played here? Uh 09 was 708 Well, I guess it was technically like the year 2000 the 08 09 season I think was his last. Yeah. It it's been a long time but really those have been the main catalysts for us other than Buddy, you know, it you're almost just like Stuck waiting for an ho- a homegrown talent to arrive. You, you are, know? but I mean, here, here's a, like to to be an elite eight team. That's what they were with Blake Griffin, right? Like I, I can see that argument if you want to make a deep run in the tournament. Blake Griffin, elite eight team. Buddy Heald, Final Four team. Trey Young, they didn't make a deep run in the NCAA tournament, but I think they were ranked as high as four at one point that year. Um, it shouldn't take one of those generational players to make yeah. the NCAA tournament. Man, sixty-eight well, teams make this thing. You know, it's not. It's not hard to make the I, dance. I, I guess I'm not really even talking about results because, you know, even a, a, a team that doesn't have much talent but has a lot of experience can catch fire at the right time in the tournament and, and come up with a deep run. I guess I'm just talking about, you know, the narrative, and I'm, I don't disagree with it at all. It's just like we, we have to get more length. We have to get more athletic. I you know, to be able to compete with some of these front courts that we see and some of the athleticism that we see, we just haven't seen that. And I, what I'm, I guess what I'm saying is to get, like, some of the elite talent out there, it feels like, like, when's the last time, and maybe it's right under my nose and I just don't know it, but when's the last time we went on a, in a battle on a big-time recruit and we're able to win win one over to come to Oklahoma. That wasn't a homegrown type uh, of player. Probably the Jeff Capel days. <laughs> one of one of those guys, uh, yeah. Tiny Gallon, someone like that. I'll. I'll uh, you're talking about a kid out of high school, not a portal guy, correct? That's what that's what you're thinking of, right? Yeah. Yeah. There, there's yep. probably one a little bit more recent that I'm not thinking of, but text line will help us out with that. Um, Sooners need muscle. Big, bad, mean players, at least six foot 10, 280 real bruisers that can shoot, block, rock, and roll uh, up and down the courts. That's from the 918. Well, that is 100% correct. And also 100% what every other team in the country is vying for, right? I mean, th- yeah. that's, the, that's the player that's incredibly difficult. Now, you know, we've got strong basketball history. We've got what I think is a, a good program. But in order to compete in this day and age in hoops, money talks, right? Yeah, and that's the toughest thing, like, for, for me or for an OU basketball fan to watch right now. Like, not just how things currently look, but 
to see what Texas is doing right now, man. You know, Texas won at K-State. I'm not winning the league. Texas won at K-State on Saturday. It was a really good win for them. They're playing at KU tonight. We'll see if they win that game. But they had to fire their coach in the middle of the year, and you're right, man, they still might win the league. And I think, you know, Texas has been a good basketball program over the years. I don't think historically Texas has been a better basketball program than OU has. And I think that if you talk about fan buy-in from OU fans, I think for many years Texas fans have had that same issue as well. You know, being a football school first, but – they got a new arena. Um, it looks like they're bringing in a ton of fans there. Their team is good. Like seeing that program do really well. Like if if it can happen in Texas, it can happen at OU. At least I think. But you're right. It seems like Texas is pouring in a lot of money to it right now. Yeah, and they've they've got a pretty strong history of recruiting well. Not a great history of results, but man, there's been a stretch where they've had like a a five-star type of front court player, you know, almost yearly, right? That's true, yeah. You know, Going back and, to Kevin Durant, I mean, it goes back further than that, yeah. but, they, I mean, they did get KD out of where? Maryland, I think, state of Maryland. Yeah, that's right. And then they had, um, what's his name? Um, oh, gosh, why am I drawing a, bl- a blank? Um, his dad was uh, – Coach at OU, tight ends coach at OU. He's with Coach Stoops right now in the XFL. Uh, Hayes. Oh, yeah, yeah, Jackson yeah, yeah, Hayes. Yeah, 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 correct. Jackson yeah. Hayes, five-star kid. So, I mean, they've had a they've had a run of them. So, I don't know, man. I don't, I don't know the answer, but I do know that there's a lot of folks out there stacking up NIL stuff for hoops, uh, building new arenas. You saw all the, the hubbub going on with. What Oates down there at Alabama and renewing his contract four million dollars a year now, man. Good for him. Yeah, and it was basically contingent on their promise to build that new arena, you know. And they're they're pressing forward with it, trying to get the funding and move forward with it. I think it's gosh, at least a couple hundred million dollars for a new arena that they're building. And you know, they're also Alabama's also building a a huge new clubhouse for their golf facility man you got to invest in the in the infrastructure you got to invest in the coaching and you have to invest in the nil it's it you got to pay to play man it's crazy what's going on in collegiate sports uh let me read a few more here never mind texas baylor and tech have made it to a final four since ou has yeah how can baylor build a program in waco and texas tech build a program in lubbock but OU cannot build a program, and they are 20 minutes from OKC and an NBA franchise from the 651 area code. That's a fair point. No, it's a great point, and one that we've said before. Like I just said if it can happen in Texas, or happen at Texas, it can happen here. Well, if it can happen in Baylor and Tech, it can happen here as well. At least I think. It's tough, man. Here's the thing. like There's, there's two competing like, mindsets right now. You know, traditionally in hoops, and I would go back to the last Final Four team that we had, um, you know, you had healed on that team. But, man, the supporting cast and that whole group of, of guys that came in together, I know Spangler left and then transferred back, but that group, like, took their lumps together, got better together, yeah. and, you know, it, it pays off 
whenever you've got a senior-heavy team with a ton of experience that have played together Isaiah for Cousins a long time. Isaiah Cousins and Buddy Hill played four years together. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Ryan Spangler, the rebound wrangler, as we used to call him, he played with those two guys for, what, two years maybe before that season? These guys yeah, have played the, a ton of basketball a new, together. Got a new tattoo every double-double he had, <laughs> which, was, which is every week. Oh, nice. So, I mean, it, it's – so you have that on one hand, and then you've got the new transfer portal and NIL situation on the other hand. So like, if you can't win big in NIL and transfer portal, you've got to build a team you know, together and get experience and bring those guys up in the system together. But you can't really do that. It's hard to do it with the Because portal, of the transfer I know. portal I know. and the NIL era at other places. So – you're really forced to go the the portal route, and I just don't know how you can compete if you can't if you can't keep guys that you bring in as freshmen. You can't keep them in the program for four and five years, and you can't keep you can't compete nil wise. You're lost. How many? It's blue, tough. Uh, this is from the four hundred five. How many blue blood football schools were doing what OU was doing under Coach Kruger? Pretty obvious that schools have to choose to be elite in one of the t- uh, big two college sports. Yeah, I mean, but look at Alabama right now. Alabama's maybe has their best basketball team ever this year. They're still yeah, leading football. You know, it's interesting. I don't know. You have to have more than a than just Alabama. It has to be uh, because you can you can come across a great coach that happens to land a couple of really nice recruits and maybe some transfer guys have some good success and do a really good job of building on that which Oates has done at Bama you know but I would still say that for the most part uh, your your blue blood football schools are typically you know not putting out the the year-in, year-out basketball programs. Now, they'll make runs every now and then and, and get hot for, you know, a couple of years. Ohio span. State's an example. Ohio State's not yeah. very good right now. I mean, they're a bad basketball team They've made team a couple right of now, runs. But they've made a national championship. Florida's won a football Florida and basketball it. championship in the same year. Michigan has, uh, what, in the past five years, I think, made a national championship game. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, okay. Like, there, there are some instances where those blue blood football programs rise up and have a couple of really nice basketball years, but consistently, now, yeah, maybe you're not seeing that. You're not, but here's what I think you will see. The schools that have had a lot of success raising massive amounts of NIL funds uh, for their football and then being able to dip that into basketball as well, it's a great way, you know, and I don't know what the reason for that has always been. I, my theory was always, you know, football players want to go to a place where they're going to be the big man on campus, and basketball players want to go to a place where they're going to be the big man on campus. Oh, right? so that's why they're not going to Kentucky anymore because Kentucky's a football school now? Well, I don't know. It's, it was a joke. it's the I'm only theory kidding. I've got. Um, while you, you don't have much crossover success that's that's super consistent, but you know, I think that 
What's the one thing that will change your mind? NIL money, man. Yeah. Hey, real quick before we hit a break, I've got the uh, BPI percentages for OU uh, the rest of the way. They're 12 and 11 currently. At Baylor Wednesday night, they have a 14.1% chance to win, according to ESPN. KU at home on Saturday, 41.4% chance to win. K-State at home next week, 53.8% chance to win. Okay. At Mm. Texas, 7.8% chance to win. Tech at home, a 65.9 chance to, uh, to win. At Iowa State, 17.7. At K-State, 25.5. TCU at home, 46.1. So if these averages or percentages play out, OU will go 2-6 and six the rest of the way, 14-17 and 17 overall record heading into the Big 12 tournament. That doesn't get you into the dance. That doesn't even get you into the NIT. Unless well. you were to win that tournament in Kansas City, obviously. And not to make anyone feel worse about it, but that FPI or whatever BPI has us beating a top 10 Kansas State team in our house, which, you know, I'm not saying we can't do it, but we're going to have to find some type of uh, momentum somewhere if we're going to pull something like that off. Because it goes Baylor, Kansas, Kansas State, Texas. That's as difficult of a four-run four-game run as you'll find yeah. anywhere then in the Then you get country. a one-game stretch, and it's at Iowa State, at K-State, TCU at home. Jeez. Yeah. yeah. Brutal. All right, quick opening timeout. Keep hitting the text on 651-3439. We'll get to some of those next. Hanging out Newcastle Casino today. Stay tuned. Opinions. You've got them. We want to hear them. Sound off 24-7, 365 on the Air Comfort Solutions text line at 405-651-3439. It is the Rush on the Ref, a reaction Monday. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman, 405-651-3439 is the Air Coverage Solutions text line. Uh, let's go to the text line now. Is 1988 the last time OU went to a basketball national championship game? Uh, yes, it yeah. is. That is that is correct, yes. Yeah. Hmm. Peyton says, I think Ted is spot on. Some schools put money towards football some put it towards basketball. Uh, Tennessee this year would be an example of a good football and a good yeah. basketball um, season in the same year. They've had it going for a while. The basketball's been pretty consistent since uh, what Barnes left Texas and went there, right? And yeah, yeah. They've uh, no, they haven't done anything like. I don't think they've made a Final Four or anything, but they've been consistently solid hoops program. And, um, you know, the football's the one that's been lagging, but, you know, they're making their run right now. 405, I'd like to be good in basketball, but a long time ago I accepted the fact that OU will have a run every four to five years of the tourney, and that's the best we'll do. We are one of the top football programs in America. In today's environment, we can't afford to be good in both sports. I know all of you would rather be in the college football playoff every year and win it all soon rather than make the Sweet 16 consistently? Yeah. Yes, that is correct. But I I don't think that you – know, obviously everyone wants to, to be a, a playoff team of football and a, a Final Four team in hoops every single year, right? And they want that. But given a choice, they would pick football over basketball. At least most people would. But I don't know that you have to have such a 
such a choice. It doesn't you know? have to be one uh, or the other. I look, we're, we, we've already listed off several programs where that doesn't have to be the case. Yeah, I, and I I agree that you know every four years make a run, but you know between your run years and like the non-run years. You don't, and we haven't been terrible. Okay, we have not been a terrible hoops team. We've been competitive in what is has, has turned into over the last you know what seven eight years. It's always been tough, but it's gotten exceedingly difficult as the years have gone on in the Big Twelve. Right. So and next year's not going to be any easier. I don't know what Houston has coming back next year, but. Obviously, they got yeah. they got a real Final Four team this year. Um, BYU's fallen off a little bit in hoops. Cincinnati, um, traditionally a good program, maybe they get it going, but like just putting Houston in the league next year, that's going to make things a lot more difficult. And, am I crazy, or did UCF make a run a year or two ago? They had Taco hoops? Fall. They should have beaten uh, yeah, that really that great. Right. Remember that great Duke team that everyone mm-hmm. was talking about all year long? UCF had them beat, I think, in like the second round. Yeah. And Duke got uh, feel like they got lucky in the end to win that game. Yeah, you're right. Um, all we're doing next year is adding what right now is the number two team in the country in uh, in Houston, and you know, Cincy. I don't see them in the top twenty five, but my guess is they're lurking or will be soon. Sean so, says yeah. Moser makes two point eight million. OU spends enough on basketball to be one of 68. Our last four coaches reached the Elite Eight, and three reached the Final Four. We have two national players of the year. You can absolutely win at both. Yeah. No, that's true. That's true. Um, You know, Porter Moser makes 2.8. I don't know. How does that that stack up in the Big 12? Um, just off the top of my head, you, you got to think Bill Self makes more. Chris Beard was making more, but that's not the case anymore. Uh, I I would think Scott Drew Scott probably Drew makes to. more at Baylor after winning a title Guaranteed. and being there for 20 years now. Bob Huggins, I would think, probably makes more at West Virginia. I Maybe you're in the range. I don't I, I don't know. I don't he's know about make good money to stay there. I don't know about Jerome Tang. I would probably guess no. I think he's a first time. Head coach, he will be though. Right? If, they, yeah, if he, he, if he keeps be. doing this, he will be probably soon. middle of the road in the conference is what I would guess for Porter. Yeah, yeah. Jamie Dixon, which, you know, he, like, he might make more than than um, than Porter. Which when you look at like Bill Self and and you know rightfully so, but he makes like five times as much as Porter Moser. So, but yeah, I mean the point is correct that you know we've invested. You know, nearly $3 million a year in a coach. Um, I don't think that that's unique to Porter Moser. I think that's kind of the going rate, you know, for a, for a new coach that's accomplished something somewhere. You know, you can you can maybe dig through, you know, some of your other conferences and, and find a, a diamond in the rough out there and get it on the cheap. And then, you know, hopefully things go, go good and then you pay the big money later. But if you want someone that's that's got some accomplishments, like a guy like Porter Moser does with the Final Four appearance, it's going to cost you. Yeah. Well, it, so, it, it costs Texas quite a bit to get coach uh, to get Chris Beard, right? And yeah, if, well, let me ask you uh, this, if they Tyler. want Coach Cal from Kentucky, it's going to cost them even more. Yeah. Whew. Good luck with that. Um, 
Is this a Porter Moser issue? Oh, I think that he's got to be at fault. I don't think it's totally 100% him, but he's got to be, you know, if you want to play the blame game, he's got to be in the mix because I don't know, like, what this team's identity is. I guess their identity is hope that you get hot from three and win a game that way. But, yeah, I mean, yes, he he has to be. It's only fair. Yeah. Well, he wants to be uh, a grinded out, just outstanding defensively and let their great defense turn into transition points, get out and run whenever you have the ability to, but try and slow the game down. Uh, And people can correct me if I'm wrong. This is just kind of how I see it. You remember whenever he took over, you know, his his teams had, had really good defensive ratings, and we kept asking about, hey, you know, defensive mindset is, has proved really well for you, and he was always really quick to shoot that down yep. and talk about, well, you know, actually, you know, we, we use our defense to turn into offense for us, and that hasn't really translated. That You know, the offense is – where they've really struggled, they've done some good things defensively. Just haven't been able to use it to capitalize going the other way. Uh, let me read a couple more. You can you cannot win in both, says the texture of the four hundred five. Florida was an anomaly in today's college athletics with NIL and the portal. You one hundred percent cannot win in both. Yeah. Well, I mean, what like what do you mean by win? Like win national championships in both? Then you're probably right. I mean, that's really difficult to do, even if you have all the resources. But if well, it's win, difficult to do with just one. Right. You know? Yeah, I mean, but if win means, you know, have a top five college football program and be a consistent Sweet 16 team, I think you can do that in today's climate. I think you absolutely yeah, can. You can. Uh, now, I think it's incredibly – I think it's incredibly difficult to consistently have a – like a top ten – football program and a sweet 16 type of basketball program year in and year out i I think it's just for whatever reason historically it's it's hard to do that now you can definitely make really nice runs right you can you can uh you know you can be really consistent in football which we we have since uh bud wilkinson took over maybe before that but you know, basketball, it feels like it's been, and I, my history is not, not as great on basketball, but it feels like it's been kind of a, like, really good short spurts, a bit of a regroup, another, you know, another nice run. Whenever you get maybe a senior-laden team with one special player on there, you can make another deep run. And that we had that was a good model that worked for a long time and then just slowly yeah. for whatever reason I would say it feels like it's more it's of that become, recently like there was yeah. a, more consistency in the early 2000s and you know pro- throughout Billy's tenure as well yeah. as well in the 80s but I don't I don't think that that's too too far off yeah but they were I, I think they were more consistent with Billy and Kelvin than maybe they have been in the well I know they have in the past 15 years it's it's but the texture is right to a sense that it you can really only emphasize one thing, and it's hard in college that you know you kind of you kind of tax your fan base during one season or another, right? You tax them during football, you know, uh, making road trips and going to bowl games and 
you know, the Saturdays, there's a lot that goes into it. People, you know, do their their tailgate stuff and, you know, pour a lot of money and time and, and resources into following football really closely. And then when the basketball season rolls around, it's a little – you follow it, but it's a little looser. You know, you follow it a little bit more from a distance, it feels like. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's hard to just – you know, when we don't have – we have a big fan base, but we have a spread out fan base. We don't have a huge population in this area to draw from. It's big enough, but I'm just saying, like, it, it's a it's large not, portion of your fan base um, is in another state, north part of a yeah. the state down south. Sure, and it's easier to make one trip a weekend in the fall, or my, I mean, it's actually like one trip on a weekend every every couple of weeks. Um, but I don't know, I. Not excuse making. We you should can be certainly, one of the best sixty-eight yes. consistently. Can we no all doubt. agree on that? Yes, Sweet we sixteen, all agree whatever. On that. One of the best sixty-eight every year. That's that's yep. not too much to ask. That's right. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Uh, our number one rolls on here from Newcastle Casino. Talking Sooner football is what we do. This is the ref. Talking Sooner football. We know you have a lot riding on your shoulders. You got mouths to feed, you've got bills to pay, and the last thing you wanted was a car wreck and an insurance claim. But at West Yalagosny, we can help. At your free consultation, we'll put a plan together just for you to get you right back on track. And if you've been injured, we'll help you with your property damage, your car, your bike, your truck, boat, whatever, absolutely free. So don't wait. Call or text West Yalagosny, 405 800 It's 405-800-8080. West we're different kind of lawyers. After an amazing run to the College World Series Finals. It's got a chance. Track. Wall. Goal! Skip Johnson and the boys are back and poised for another run to Omaha. Got him! Swing it! Catch the entire 2023 season right here on the Ref 1400 AM, 99.3 FM, and on the go anywhere in the world on the KREF app. And you can unhitch the wagon! Put the ponies in the board! There's a teacher inspiring a future scientist who'll make preventing pandemics their life's work. Sharpening the mind of an aspiring environmentalist who'll help combat climate change. And generating possibilities for a student who'll be the first in their family to graduate college. Explore a career that leaves a legacy you can be proud of. Teach. Learn more and receive free support at teach.org. Action Monday, live on The Rush. We are the home of Sooner fans. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman. I guess the next time you uh, see or talk to Brent Venables, you can refer to him as Hall of Famer Brent Venables because oh, he just really? landed his first Hall of Fame honor. That is correct. Uh, Venables will be inducted into the Garden City Community College Athletics Hall of Fame this year. Garden City CC just announced. That's very cool. Yeah. Very, very cool. Venables will join three other inductees who contributed to Bronkbuster Athletics, including basketball star Darren Hancock, U.S. Olympic track star Darvis Doc Patton, and the 2003 Garden City women's basketball team. That's cool. That's very cool. He was in uh, All-America, All-American his sophomore year at Garden City before uh, rolling off to Kansas State and having a nice career. So, How about that? Congrats, Hall of Famer, Brent Venables. Um, uh-huh. Do you think Kansas State will ever honor 
University of Oklahoma head football coach Brent Venables. I mean, the dude played there, all conference, um, took them. They did some good things when he was a player. Play, did they beat Nebraska and Japan, or did they lose no, that game? No, I think they lost, like, man, this is really nerdy if I can remember. I think they lost by two touchdowns. Was either Wasn't a touchdown. that one of their first bowl games to go to in a yeah, long time? Yeah, I think, it, check, I think they lost by 14 or maybe it was seven. But, yeah, yeah, it was one of the two because they rode on the same plane together out there, <laughs> which is so weird. Awesome, uh, it's amazing. But you know, and then coach there and was a big part of their real rise to to prominence there in the '90s before jumping to the university. Will they of ever honor him like with uh, his name in the stadium somewhere? Because they do have that oh, ring no. of honor I, that's that's there. But I think that's like unanimous all Americans, right? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I guess maybe that's not. That's not something you you do as much, right? I uh, yeah, I I love the Ring of Honor idea, and I don't know if um, OU ever has plans to do something like that. I know that like there, there's plaques on the um, what is it? It's the northeast side of the stadium, I think with award winners maybe. But Nebraska had kind of I don't know if they call theirs a Ring of Honor, but they had all the names of their All Americans up on the scoreboard. Did you see those? Yeah. Kansas State has those. The Broncos at their stadium have it. The Cowboys have it. I, I don't know. I just think a list of award winners or All-Americans would like in the stadium here would be pretty sweet. Well, we have a ring of honor right now. It's that Chick-fil-A scoreboard <laughs> LED line that uh, is on the, uh, the front-facing part of the upper deck, right? Isn't that our ring of honor? Uh, the Chick-fil-A... Like, were you talking about the ribbon board? Yeah, the ribbon board. Oh, yeah, I guess so. There's no names that scroll through there, but I guess it is. <laughs> Kicking for chicken. I, is that Chick Fil A, or am I am I wrong on that? I, I think it's Chick Fil A. Maybe Chick Fil A. Their ad rolls in there, but I don't think yeah. it's the. No, it may, no, no. I think Plank says the Chick Fil A. Maybe he says the Chick Fil A scoreboard. You could be right about that. I don't know. Please direct your attention mm. to the Chick Fil A ribbon board. Yeah, I I don't know. I don't. A ring of honor in the stadium would be awesome. Yeah, I've seen a lot of we don't have a, do it, and it's sweet. But we don't have a we don't have a ring. I know that's kind of the problem. You have to take out the ribbon boards. Well, neither yeah. does Nebraska. Well, uh, Nebraska just put it up on that scoreboard on behind one of the end zones. I can't remember which one it is. Yeah, and all their names there. You you could you could figure it out a way to do it if you wanted to. What do you put like? We've got a Heisman Trophy park. I mean, what else do you need? Um, all the award winners, their names somewhere inside the stadium. I feel like yeah. a lot of schools do that. I think Colorado does it as well. Yeah, okay, but here's the thing. Colorado probably has five award winners. <laughs> That's true. I actually you know? do think they have five award winners. No, I know. It's, it's hard to do it now with all the award winners you have. It's just every time I see another place do it, it looks like a cool idea. And I know underneath you've got, like, the pillars on the east side that hold up, like, the, you know, the big concrete sections. Those are painted for all Americans. Yeah. So no, they, they do. Like they do and I'm not saying that they don't do enough to honor the past greats. They, they do. With what you're talking about and those, um, those plaques on the northeast side and the Heisman Park, they, they do enough. I just like that look in a lot of stadiums I've seen before. Yeah. Um, here's something interesting in the world of college football. So, you know Brian Ferentz, Kurt Ferentz's son is the OC at Iowa, yeah. right? Well, 
Kirk Ferentz announced last week that he's not making any staff changes, and Iowa fans weren't too happy about that. Right. So uh, this is this is interesting. Iowa just announced amendments to Brian Ferentz's employment because for those that don't know, Iowa's offense was pretty bad last year. So they <laughs> last year, boy, you're giving him a pass on that. But la- yeah, la- yeah, I know. The last five years, they. Or- uh, they took his contract down to 850k, which is still a nice payday, but it's down 50k from 2022, and now they've listed designated performance objectives for the 23 season, including an average of at least 25 points per game and a minimum of seven wins. It's almost like do this or else in 2023. Wow, I don't well, don't think we normally see things like this. We don't. It's interesting. Um, well, I would typically say if you just in the non-conference, if you just score a bunch of points early, you can really uh, pump up that yeah that point look total. For but, Iowa to keep their foot on the gas when they're able well, to this year. I was going to say, unfortunately, you play Iowa State and you've scored like a grand total of seventeen points on them in the last five years, but somehow won all the games except for last year. That crazy. sounds to me like um, they've heard the fan base's reaction to Brian Ferentz being the OC next year, and it's like, okay, we're going to try to satisfy that crowd a little bit. Hey, guys, we've taken 50K away from him, and here's what we expect from him this year. Hope this makes you feel better. Yeah, but, I mean, still, 25 points a game is not that good. Right, offensively, I'm bringing it up here real quick. It won't take me that long to get to it, but – that's like good enough for like, maybe top 50 in the country. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, quick time out. More from the rush coming up. Stay tuned. Talking Sooner football is what we do. This is the ref. You're simply the best. Riverwind is the best place to play this February. With all of your favorite games and the best service. Plus our $75,000 Love to Getaway giveaway. Earn entries for your chance to win cash, prizes, and travel vouchers. And five times entries on Thursdays and Sundays with drawings on the 11th and 25th. So if you want to get away, it's time to come to Riverwind. You're simply the best. Stormwater. Bag your clippings when mowing or leave them to break down and nourish your lawn. We drink our stormwater, so don't blow it by leaving your grass clippings in the street. For more information, visit bit.ly forward slash Norman Stormwater. Hour number one of the rush brought to you by Cavens Construction. Go check them out, cavensconstruction.com. Uh, real quick, 24-7 Sports has projected win totals for the SEC, the Big Ten, and the ACC. No Big 12 yet. It'll be there tomorrow, I'm sure. Huh. Tell me what you think about a few of these projected win totals. Uh, we'll go kind of rapid fire here. South Carolina, 7.5 next year. Oh, man. I'm taking the over, even though I haven't seen their schedule. A&M, 7.5. Um, dead on balls accurate. Uh, yeah, 7.5 and 5.5 and is what they're going to go next year. LSU, 9. Too low. Tennessee, 9. Oh, too low. Georgia, 11.5. Too high. Bama, 10.5. Eh, I don't know. It's regular season, right? You don't get to count the – Correct, so they, yeah, 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 yeah. 
they have to go undefeated to hit the over? Correct, yes. There's no room for error. <laughs> they play at Tennessee next year. It's their toughest game, most likely. Oh, wow. That sucks for them. I mean, that's what you get when you win back-to-back championships, right? Whew. And you get hooked up with the schedule. I wonder if they were playing at OU if their win total would move at all. Like, surely it would move down to 11, right? I doubt it. It would, it would hurt if they're coming to Norman and their win total was still 11 and a half. Well, uh, they're going to Tennessee, yeah, and it's still not 11. It will be ranked higher preseason than OU, yes. Yeah. And that environment is bananas. At least ba- it has been Bama 10 and a half, by the way. I'd probably say, right. yeah, I might eh, maybe take the – yeah, I'd take the over on that, I guess. Yeah. All right. Quick timeout, hour number two of The Rush coming up next. Stay with us.